Well, Dick, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. And nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a just a big, hairy American winning machine. You're talking to the Rolex wearing, diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine right, jet flying, son of a gun. Welcome into the Victory Bells podcast. Gangsters, what's up, guys? Hey, guys. Oh, big golfs, huh? All right. On Red Raider Sports Radio. Well, see you later. And now, here's Will. Great cash, homie. What is going on, people? Welcome into the Victory Bells podcast. I'm your host, Will McKay. And uh, for those that don't know, this is... uh, Essentially, I guess, kind of our relaunch of the Victory Bells podcast and what we're going to try to do with it. I think after, you know, we did it for most of last fall and, and we did it uh, some even a year ago during the summer. I, I think that we just kind of set back and needed to revamp what we were going to try to do and how we wanted to approach it. And just wanted to make the product better for, I think, you guys and, and really try to get this off the ground where it's more than just a once a week or once every you know, couple weeks kind of deal, and instead of it being, you know, one, you know, gigantic hour plus, hour 30 podcast, really kind of wanted to break it down into a few different things a week that uh, kind of hits hit on some different things, like, uh, for example, just to let you guys kind of know what this podcast is going to be, is at least once a week, I'm going to sit down with somebody, you know, at tech, or somebody that covers tech, whether that's um, like an athlete or a coach or uh, another media member and just kind of get some perspective on uh, things from another source. You know, like I said, whether that's, like I said, somebody within the tech family or outside of it that covers it like we do here at Redder Sports. We all have, uh, you know, friends within this business that do these things and really want to get other people's perspective and uh, give you guys uh, just just more to more to digest, I guess. And uh, just figure this is a good way to do that and, and, and just really get you guys as much content as we possibly can. Know that the sum of what I just said kind of comes out as a nothing burger, but uh, you guys understand, like I said, we just want to make the best content we can for you. And I think that just starts with making this podcast a regular thing and, and making it kind of a diverse thing. So like so what we're going to do is on this one, and I'll introduce it here in a minute, we're going to have... Uh, an interview for you that I did with a guy at Media Day, at local Media Day. That'd be Broderick Washington uh, that I think you guys are going to really enjoy. But I think really what the end goal is here is to do this podcast two or three times a week, do this. Uh, Then I think Matt and I are going to do something uh, when we get a chance and really just kind of dive into recruiting specifically on that. And then during the season, I think we'll do another one where we dive into the week's game or look back or or just whatever. But – whether it be two or three times a week, just want to give you guys a smaller sample size that isn't as big, but uh, a couple of you know podcasts that you guys can digest and really catch up if this is the way that you want to do it. So uh, really looking forward to seeing how this thing grows and develops, and uh, we may change some things. This is an experiment. It's one that I'm excited about, and uh, I'll kind of be your, your steady hand, I guess, throughout the journey here as we uh, dive on into this bad boy and figure out what we want to do with it. So again, in this inaugural edition, I talked to Roderick Washington at Sunday, Texas Tech defensive tackle, who's going to be a sophomore this year, was a backup last year, and uh, really stepped into his own, I think, this offseason. And, and this coaching staff is really excited, I think, about his potential both as a defensive tackle for you and as a leader. And uh, just sat down with him at Media Day on Sunday, and, and we talked a lot about 
uh, the offseason, you know, his expectations for himself, this defensive line, uh, what he's thought about, you know, his new, new position coach and, and Terrence Jameson, and uh, just where some things are at. So, uh, so without further ado, yeah, here's that conversation with uh, me and Broderick Washington. Uh, based off the summer that we had as a team, I felt like we had a great summer together. It, it gave us a lot of time to bond with each other and build more of a brotherhood. And since my years have been here, it's, it ain't felt like it's felt now. Right. And, it, and I honestly, it's a good feeling because, I mean, you don't want to go into the season or go into camp with a little nervousness about if your brother got your back or not. With this team now, that I know for a fact that there's guys on the team that got my back. And I got their back the same way they got mine. So it's pretty good. What's it been like now that Coach Jameson's been here six, seven months? What's it been like really getting to know him and uh, just being around him so much? Um, getting to know him, it's been a, it's been a great experience because he, he's a great coach. And like a lot of stuff that he teach, like I actually see like me doing it and film my teammates doing right. it. And it's and during the spring, <laughs> honestly, I feel like the things that he taught us it it showed so much that we gave the offense a lot of problems most of the time, and that was something that I wasn't used to seeing because right. you know Pat how great of an athlete he was. Oh yeah. And it's just been a great experience really because he's a great coach and he's worked with a lot of great players and yeah. actually put some guys in the league too. So right. that's a plus as well. What is the thing that has really stuck out about him to you and that, that really you just really love about him and how he coaches and, and not even just coaches but who he is? His composure, the way he handles situations. Like if you put him under stress, he's he not going to break at all. Right. Like I done seen him get mad and it'll be to the point to where he just like that, he snapped right back and he back focused on what it is right. that he's teaching or having us to work on and it's just I don't know I guess the feeling of knowing that your coach don't nothing get to your coach and seeing that he always has his composure it's contagious know? right yeah right and it just I guess it's just an extra confidence boost I got you I got you man what's it uh what's it been like with you guys at on the interior and, and where you guys are as a group you and Mike and uh all the rest of these guys and, and where things are at right now it's really just been a big grind because yeah. <laughs> nobody wants to be the second man. So it's like everybody busting their tail every day, like doing extra work. Even, okay, at the same time, like it's a competition between all of us, but at the end of the day, we all just trying to get better and be as good as we can to help the team. Right. Because it started up front with us. If we're not good, then. Everybody in the back end gonna look bad because we not doing what we supposed to do. Right. So if we able to do our job and push ourselves every day to get better, and we actually do get better every day, then it'll help a lot of the guys in the back end. And you never know, one of us might make a big play, stop, make a big play in the game, turn the whole game around. We end up winning. Right. Everybody happy. No doubt. When you look in the mirror and you say. For, for 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 Broderick, what do you really feel like uh, you've really needed to work on the last couple months and really take that next step on? Oh, my hands, really, because I mean, in some of the in film, watching film against watching film on myself, like I got the strength and stuff. It's just 
using my hands, getting blockers off me, right. basically doing a better job at that. And the drills and stuff that Coach Jamison done gave us to use, I done used them, and right. I done <laughs> seen a lot of changes in my game right. since the spring. So really, it's just listening to his coaching and doing all the things that he has for us to do is helping me with that. Does it make it easy to listen to him whenever you see like the guys that he's had at FAU that were so good and like some of those guys are in the league? Does it make it easier to just listen to what he's saying? Oh, uh, yes, sir, it does. Yeah. I mean, and then the way it's just, I don't know what it is about his presence. His presence just, as a coach, just give you a calm feeling as a player. Like, like okay, we already know what's expected. So it's kind of like we are already on the same page, even gotcha. though he haven't been here that long. I got you, man. What's uh, whenever you look at your group D line all the way across it, who's a guy or two, or uh, just just whatever you've seen from the spring and the summer, guys that that nobody's been talking about, but they should be talking about a certain guy or a couple guys. Lonzo Gilmore, right? Lonzo Gilmore for a fact. <laughs> a lot of guys. I mean, a lot of people are in my in my own words asleep on him, which sleep on him basically means that they just. Like, not paying attention to him no doubt, really, yeah. but he going to wake up a lot of people when the lights come on out there on the field. And it's just his development. We both came here at the same time, so I know what – me and him have been through some of the same things, and the way he – the way he handled the things – okay, the way he handled the things that he's been through and right. absorbed that and used it to change and mature, it's just been awesome because – awesome. <laughs> he done came a long way. Gotcha, good deal. A guy that nobody's seen play yet is Eli, just because he had to sit out last year. Right. What do you expect out of him as a guy at end and what he can do? <laughs> Honestly, he gonna come in and look like an All-American, and I can't wait to watch him play. Yeah. I can't wait to play next to him, actually, because we put so much work in during the spring, and it haven't even been in a game situation, but it's just, I don't know, to me, that's just me. I'm just, I don't know if I was just looking forward or envisioning things that haven't came true yet, but it's just, it's just the visions I got in my head of what it's going to look like when we playing together and we all out there on the field. It's going to be great. When an average person comes up, and, and maybe not even Texas Tech, but an average person says, why should I believe that this is the year that Texas Tech defense is really going to take a turn after what I've seen the last couple of years? Honestly, I can't tell you nothing to look forward to. All I can say is that just watch. Right. Just watch. We're going to do our best to – we're trying to be the best D-line group that done came through Texas Tech in a while. And we feel like reasons that game, we done lost some games is because of us. And we put so much of that on us that it's like – like we got to – like we got to show improvement on the field. Like it got to be a different – Right. Like, Texas Tech D-line out there. Like, when people see us out there playing, we want it to be like, hold on, this can't be this, this Texas Tech. <laughs> right. Y'all sure this Texas Tech? Right. We just trying to change, like, the culture and the way people think about Texas Tech when they think defense, period. And I feel like me and my teammates, my teammates done did a good job all spring, summer, to work towards that. And it's just something that we really trying to, like 
playing in everybody's head that like we gonna change the way people think about our defense this year. So once again, thanks to Broderick so much for sitting down with me and a guy that I don't know if it comes through as much on audio, but uh, if you can tell, you know, he kind of pauses a little bit between answers, and I appreciate that as someone that's done this for, you know, seven years at this point, as crazy as that is to tell myself, but but that's one of those things that I appreciate that he takes so much time, I think, to collect his thoughts and give me an answer, because I never get just the -the run-of-the-mill blah blah generic quote from him and never have talking to him and i always appreciate uh someone who's going to be genuine i think broderick is very much that so let's just talk about a few of these things that he really got into and first of all i I think the thing that really sticks out to me is is just what he says about coach jameson and where he's at with him and their relationship and how things have developed so far, and you can tell from talking to him, and not just him, but but I talked to Eli Howard in media days, uh, talking to Lonzel Gilmore and all these things, but it's very obvious that I think these guys have a lot of respect for Coach Jamison and, and what he did at a place like FIU, which, if we're going to be real blunt, they're just never really that good at football. Uh, I think they have one winning season in like the last six years where they went 6-6, six and six and they pretty much have gone three and nine every other year because in the state of Florida, they're kind of last to the to the scrap heap. And don't get me wrong, I mean, it's a lot like Texas where you have a ton of talent all over the place. But when you're last to the bowl and you're competing against all these other teams in that in 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 that region, on top of all the SEC and ACC and whatever other conferences you know in that area are trying to compete with to get talent, it's hard for a school like FAU. I think to really break out because it's just been a major stepping stone, I think for anyone that's ever had any success. And I think whenever, especially for these guys that are going to be coached by him for the first year, I think whenever they see what, what Jamison was able to do with a guy like Trey Hendrickson, who was not a heralded guy out of high school at all, but he coaches him for three years and he turns him into the conference USA defensive player of the year. He has nine and a half sacks uh, has something like 14 or 15 tackles for a loss, and was just, I think, the best defensive player in the conference at a school like FAU that's been so bad. I mean, basically, they're kind of the Kansas of Conference USA. But but I think with what he's done there, it just, just sticks out so much to me how much these guys respect Coach Jamison and how much they really uh, listen to him. And it, it's really interesting to me the, the things they say about him as – a technician of a coach and the things that they've taught him and how they talk about these are things that you know a coach hasn't ever taught me before these are things that I haven't ever seen or heard and it's made me as as Broderick said uh he feels like he's already a lot better of a technical player just based off of what coach Jamison's taught him in six months so so what does that say you know what does that say about Kevin Patrick what's that say um, about Mike Smith and what those guys did or didn't do as assistants because I think that that is something that is significant because he's not the only guy that told me that. Uh, Lonzel told me that, and several of these other guys have, have just said you know how much they've learned in such a short period of time. And I think a lot of that might have to do with just the guys I think David Gibbs goes after as far as coaches. I think he goes after guys that... Um, I, I guess I would say really fit more of what you would say is the NFL mold where these guys, I think, are very technically focused and are heavy, heavy X's and O's coaches. And it just seems like to me that he's really come in and injected something into that room as far as 
upgrading what the, these guys are getting taught. And, and they saw the results they felt like in the spring. Now, does some of that have to do with the offensive line uh, trying to find itself and, and not being very good right now? Yeah, I think that's pretty obvious whether those guys on the defensive line agree with that or not. I, I, I just think you're in the spring you were pretty far off from being the offensive line that you wanted to be for this upcoming season. So that thing that was certainly some of it. But I will say it was the most productive spring of a defensive line that I've seen in a long time around here. So is it significant? I think I think it is to some degree. I mean, we'll certainly find out here in a couple weeks when this season gets rolling. And we'll know if, if there's real progress or not. But I think just from... Personnel-wise, when you look across the two deep of this defensive line, I just think it's different than it's been, uh, I think, the last couple years. I think specifically last year, whenever you look at, I think when you look at rush end and the fact that, you know, you're having to play a guy who should be playing linebacker in Chris Williams there because you're not getting anything out of Gary Moore because he's in and out of the program, uh, just isn't very good at that role. And Chris Williams, I'll give it to him. He gave it all he had, and when he was healthy, he, I don't think he was a bad rush-in, but that was the problem. I don't think he was very healthy most of the year, and he's just undersized for that role. So now you can transition a guy like Colin Hill over there. Lonzel Gilmore's a year older and is physically matured and mentally matured, so I think you've got legitimately. Uh, you also add Tony Jones to that as a pass rusher. I think that position is miles better than it was last year. Then you look at defensive end. You have Eli Howard, who set out last year, who by all intents and purposes, and as as you heard Broderick say in the interview, I think there are some real expectations. And I think Coach Kingsbury and Coach Gibbs, if you ask them off record, would tell you the same thing, that there are expectations for him. Uh, and then you have a senior like Taylor Nunez playing there. Uh, you have some younger guys, Noah Jones. So it, it, it Quentin Yance too there. The, the, the personnel just at those two spots is just wildly different to me than it was last year. And I don't think that's a smoke and mirrors thing. I think that's a real thing. And I think that will make some kind of impact on this defense, specifically this defensive front, which makes me want to move on to the next thing that Lonzo really talked about. And the fact that I think this group with guys like Lonzo, or excuse me, not, yeah, Lonzo a little bit, but guys like Broderick and, and Colin and Eli, I, th I think you finally have some real leaders on this unit. And I don't know that you've had that in a long time. Um, as far as guys that are like really the team voice and guys that are going to hold everybody accountable and uh, guys that have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. And I think you have very much needed some of that in the leadership on your defensive line. I think some of the guys last year that were your starters were not that, for, for better or worse. I think, just don't think they were. And so I think that that's a really positive development. And, and the thing that they really talked about is, and it's a sincere thing. I don't think it's fake where they said, you know, we're tired of being the ones that are kind of the culprit for a lot of what's wrong with the defense and they really want to turn it around. So whether ultimately that means anything, we'll see. But I think you can't ignore that it is a positive development that you at least have guys that have that mindset now of, of, of understanding what's wrong and wanting to fix it. And I think, I think in football – specifically I think even more than other sports I think how you approach it mentally really has a big impact on what you get done at the end of the day because there are plenty of teams that aren't as physically gifted I think when you think about schools like Kansas State I think even West Virginia the last couple of years um, I think a lot of what they've gotten done it's a mentality it's not necessarily a talent standpoint I think even Oklahoma State at some of that, sure, it's talent development by coaching staffs, but I think it has to do with staff continuity. I think it has to do with 
player development, but I also just think it has to do with what kind of attitude have you developed within the program. And I think this is headed in the right direction. And I think that if you heard anything from Coach Kingsbury or Coach Gibbs, all they've talked about is how they finally feel like they don't know how much better it's going to be, but it's going to be better. And it can't be worse, right? And, I mean, I, I, I freaking say that right now, and it, it has been worse the last couple of years whenever I've, I've said the same thing. But I think you finally hit rock bottom this last year, and I think this is the year where it turns around because no matter what ultimately the defense does, it's at least going to look different physically. I'll tell you that. It looks like a Big 12 defense as far as the guys that are on it. Now, we'll see if that comes together into anything because it's going to have to if this coaching staff is going to stick around. And if, if it doesn't turn into anything, then, then I mean, I think we all know where this thing's going. But I just continually hear positive things. And was it local media day? And is everything mostly going to be positive? Yeah, that's just how it goes. But whenever you know that, you just have to, I think, ask specific questions and you have to really look into certain things um, to look for things of real meaning. And I think some of the stuff Broderick said to me you know, was stuff of real meaning. I think there's, like I said, I think there's some sincere desire to turn things around, and it's not just, I don't think, talk. I think that those guys are older. I think Coach Jamison is a good technical coach based off what I've heard about him from people in the past and people I've talked to and what he's done as an assistant so far in his career. So we'll see, but I, I just think that there is a lot going on uh, that's good for this program. So uh, we will find out soon. But uh, once again, guys, thanks so much for joining me for this inaugural return episode of the Victory Bells podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and we're going to get this thing rolling.